building spirituality, family, health, and business. This is the Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. Well, welcome back. My name is Lois, and I'm your host of the Giant Builders. If you missed the first episode, we're looking at ways to build giants in our lives, and those giants could be yourself, your children your spouse, your business, your grandchildren. There's so many things or people who could be your giants. And so we're building them up together. My family is coming up on a special one year anniversary. And I thought that since I promised you that I would be real and be myself, that I would share that story with you. Started mid-March last year, which was 2020. And my husband and I were taking a trip to Hawaii because we have a son who's a pastor in Maui and his beautiful wife is a wedding coordinator. So if you're planning a wedding in Maui, I'll make sure her contact information is below. But we were going to Maui to watch our grandchildren. They have two children, two precious little girls. And the goal was, or the plan was, that I had just started a new job in January, now we're mid-March, they knew ahead of time that I was going to be going to Maui for two weeks and that I would work remotely. We were gonna be there to watch the girls for one week and then my son and his wife were coming back and we were gonna spend the second week with them. So we get there and we, we were there for I think two days before they were gonna leave for Napa Valley for their vacation. And on the way to the airport, this is just as the news of COVID was coming out and our government officials were trying to figure out what they're going to do. How are we going to control this? And so on the way to the airport, my son was checking their reservations and things and found out that everything in Napa Valley closed. And so they just turned around and came back. Imagine my surprise when the girls look out the window and go, oh, mommy and daddy's here. I was like, no, they're on an airplane. <laughs> they're not supposed to be here. We had no accommodation charges. We're staying with my son and his wife. We decided, well, we'll just go ahead and stay here, spend the two weeks with you, and then we'll head home. Again, we don't really know what this COVID thing is. We had no idea what was ahead for us. The days go by, certain things in Hawaii start closing down. So you know, they're, they're closing down the parks. They're closing down the stores. They're closing down the restaurants. They're closing down the beaches. You know, you actually would get a ticket if you were on the beach, which was amazingly, which was just mind blowing, you know? And, but we're like, oh, it's okay. You know, we, we just came here to be with the grandkids anyway, so we don't need any of that stuff. Little did we know that two days before our flight, we get a call from the airport that our flight was canceled. Calling my dad because he took us to the airport, you know. I, and my dad's just an amazing man. And he was in a car accident about five years prior to this. And he ha had a bit of a fear of driving on the interstates. He was taking my mom to a beef and board, which is a dinner theater 
place here in Indianapolis. And it was in February and it was really snowy and somebody who was texting and driving hit them in the back, spun them around multiple times, and at the end the accident included five cars. And so my parents were in the hospital for a, mo for a, a while, just recuperating from their injuries from this. But they, they never really recuperated, not only physically, but for my dad, even mentally, just to drive on the interstate. And bless his heart, he was taking the back roads and got a little confused. And we were like, oh, we don't know where we are. But, but he, he got us there and everything was fine there. Getting out of the car, you know, I gave him a hug and a kiss. I said, okay, we'll see you in two weeks. And he's like, okay, well, message me and call me and let me know when your flights are coming. So you know, as soon as we found out our flights were canceled, hey, Dad, our flight's, not, our flight's canceled. We don't know. I'm you know, going to call them now and find out what we'll be doing. And so we got a, another flight a week later. And so you know, call him back. Say, hey, Dad, we're going to be a week later. So I'll just... Just to make sure that they're not going to change it again, I'll just contact you a day or two before. I'm like, okay, you know, that's all, all great. Well, then I get, um, about two or three days later, it was the first part of April now, uh, my mom calls. My dad's sick. He's got, they think he's got this really horrible sinus affection. My dad often had sinus problems, so it, it wasn't a surprise. And again, keep in mind, it's the beginning of COVID. We have no idea. Mom's a little bit upset. They wouldn't let her go in the hospital. All the restrictions in the hospital, she can't be with him. And so that day they do a COVID test and say, he's negative. And so we're all cheering, yay, it's a sinus infection. I mean, imagine being happy that your dad has to be hospitalized because he has his sinus infection is so bad. So, you know, the family's all praying for him, and the next day, we get another call. Well, the test was wrong. He did have COVID. Sorry. And it was the very beginning of the COVID, and he died two days later. And we're in Maui. We can't do anything. My sisters were both here in Indiana. They were taking care of things. They were taking care of mom and being there for her. And they were just really, really awesome how they just stood up, stepped in and took care of things. So because mom had been around dad and my sister had taken him to the hospital, they both had to quarantine for a week. And so um, they quarantined. We teased my sister because they say that she bleached everything so much that you could smell it from the window. My other sister would go and visit and she'd just talk through the window and she said the bleach was so strong that you could smell it through the window. So we always, we tease her about her efficiency in cleaning. So mom made it through her quarantine. Or I think at that time it was seven days. I think they're, they, as it went longer, they expanded that a little bit. And the very next day, my sister took my mom to the hospital. She also had COVID. It was so hard. So my mom was in intensive care. They put her in a coma and put a tube down her throat. We couldn't see her, we couldn't visit her. 
the nurses weren't sure how to do Zoom calls or anything like that. They actually tried to do a Zoom call when they took my dad off life support and it didn't go well. <laughs> they contacted my sister who at this point was signing all the papers and everything and they told her there was this new medication they wanted to test on mom. They, they couldn't give any definite results because it was a new medication and so she called me and my other sister and conference call we said yeah let's do it because what else do we have we don't know anything else we we don't know what medications are available I mean it if anything if they learn from it to help save other lives it would be worth trying so mom had been in ICU for three weeks and they were we just want to try this medication one more day and we, you know and we're trying to get details you know nobody's nobody was really sharing well and so I finally called and actually my husband's cousin who's a nurse in Florida mm -hmm. she got on a conference call with me to talk to the nurses so we could find out more detail and the nurse said oh we were going to get ready to call your sister your mom's awake and I was so keep in mind I'm at my son's house and I was in the back porch and I literally dropped the phone and just collapsed on the ground and just started crying and my son and my daughter-in-love saw me fall down and they came out running because they just in their minds they knew that my mom had died and I was so happy that I couldn't even talk to the nurse on the phone or to my family that mom survived this horrible disease. So, so you might have noticed that I said that mom was in the hospital for three weeks. Well, obviously our flight canceled again. <laughs> and actually it canceled five times. We were in Maui almost three months for our two-week trip. I kind of felt like I was on Gilligan's Island. You know, hey, there's no way off this island. But as you look back now, we see how much of a blessing it was that, you know, I just feel like God had his hands around the whole situation. And what a blessing it was that, A, we were in Maui with one of our children. It was it was hard to go through all of this but to think of going through all of this alone or just Jim and I at home and not being around any family would have been so much harder so we see where God helped us to be with at least one of our sons so I can just I now can see where God just really put that all in place Mom was in intensive care yet for another four days, and then she was moved to a rehab center. The timing was really well there again because we actually made it home three days before she was able to leave the rehab center. Now, going back to all else that happened in Maui, most people know that Maui depends mostly on tourism, and that was all closed down for for months it was closed down. No, you could not get into Hawaii. With 80% of the population 
working in the tourism industry, it left the people, it left a lot of people in a dire situation. And so I see where God had us specifically with that son in Maui and not with one of our other sons because my son's church stepped up and started a food drive. So they made contact with different people to gather food for people and in the beginning they were handing out like 200 and some boxes and by the end they were handing out 600 some boxes of food to try to help families get through each week. My blessed lovely daughter in love was one of the people in charge of getting the food and one breakfast she was just stressed out because it just there wasn't enough money she just wanted some protein in the boxes for the families just a chicken or some kind of protein for each family and there wasn't enough money for the protein and so her and Josh were talking at breakfast and my little granddaughter Rosalie who's, who was three years old at the time Taryn had asked her to color little little square pictures, um, kind of Sunday school pictures, you know, like Jesus interacting with people and just to color those and they were dropping those into the boxes and just with a little note saying Jesus loves you. She just looked up at her mom and said, Mommy, do you think people will pay money for my drawings? Taryn and Josh both have very entrepreneurial type of mindsets and Taryn was like, oh, that's a wonderful idea. And so she immediately set up little Rosalie's, you know, little play easel and a paper and had Rosie drawing the picture and took a picture and posted it on Facebook and said, Rosie wants to help us collect money for the food drive. So she's going to be doing drawings and you can order your drawing just $10 a piece and it was a donation link to it so they could go to the donation link make their donation and then message Taryn what kind of picture they want, what, what, what they wanted a picture of. Rosie was so excited, you know, just like, the first order came like within 15 minutes. It was so fast, like, you know, uh, it was posted on Facebook and social media and one of Taryn's friends immediately responded like, oh, we're gonna order a picture and, you know, I would like to have a dolphin in the water or, you know, just all these precious little things. I would like to have a, a rainbow. Rosie likes rainbows because they get a lot of rainbows in Maui. And so it was just really precious how Rosalie, just a little three-year-old, with her own mindset, came up with this idea. It was just so amazing. I mean, it was so God. Rosie was getting into it. and. While Josh and Taryn were away, you know, gathering food and making connections to get more food for the food drive, my husband and I were watching the two girls, and Rosie came up to me one time. She goes, Gigi, show me how to draw a turtle. And I'm like, because I'm, keep it light, I'm working remotely, so I'm trying to make sure I get my work in. And so I said, well, hmm, that's a tough one. I don't want to draw it for you, so... We did a little YouTube search and we found a YouTube channel that taught children how to draw pictures. So we found a turtle. And so the first couple times I would like show her the video and she'd be there with her little paper and I'd play a little bit of the video and then I'd pause it and I'd say, okay, now did you see how he drew that? He did, you know, he did it right around there, yeah. And then we'd play a little bit more video and 
she would draw a little more, I'd pause it, and th they weren't, they weren't long videos, Rosie was just doing really good, you know, she, the first time her mom came back from working with the food bank, and she's like, look, mommy, look at the picture I drew, and she goes, oh, yeah, I bet Gigi did that one, and said, no, she actually did that one all by herself, and so she would just come up with an idea, hey, I want to learn how to draw a whale, and so I do a search for a whale, and like I said, a couple times I would like pause it and help her, but then she got to the point where she goes, I want to draw a porpoise. And, or what, <laughs> of course most of her animals were sea animals because she lives in Maui. She got to a point where she would just bring me my phone and say, I want to draw, and then I would search it up on YouTube, and then she would just take the phone and go over to the, the table and she would just follow it and she would do it all by herself. And so, through that experience, Rosalie got, not only did she get tons and tons of orders, she was on the front page of the Lahaina newspaper, and that was just really, truly, that was just so exciting, you know, just to share that, oh, my little three-year-old, because she came up with this idea all by herself, and she's helping raise money for the food bank, she's on the front page of the newspaper. And along with that, Karen wrote a little story about her and her adventure. And I did, I know this is a long, I'm do, doing a long story, but I want to read this to you because it is indeed very precious. And my daughter-in-law wrote this story and um, she reached out and found an editor. And it's just, see, isn't that precious? Just so cute. Rosie's got little blondish brown hair. So I'm gonna share this book with you. In a land far away where the dolphins swim free, there's a little girl named Rosalie. Rosalie loves to craft and to play and to imagine grand kingdoms far, far away. It was a strange time that our story begins when a sickness scared people showed his teeth and he grinned. The sickness made people stay in their houses with mommies and daddies, kitties and mouses. Because people had to snuggle inside, many couldn't work for the food they would buy. So Rosalie's friends all gathered together to find food for their neighbors so the storm they could weather. They bought potatoes and milks and chocolate breakfast bars. They packed them in boxes, then packed them in cars. The cars all lined up and the people looked thinner till they gathered their food to feed their family's dinner. Rosalie's friends helped out all the time. They spent all their money, but they couldn't feed the whole line. There were so many people in such great need of, in such great need of foods and supplies, so many mouths to feed. And so Rosalie thought about how she could help, then an idea and called out with a yelp. What if I sold my drawings for money? Then could we feed people bread, eggs, and honey? A brilliant idea, amazing, the best. Her mommy and daddy got up and got dressed and pulled out the paper, the crowns and the easel. Rosalie started drawing to feed all the people. In a short while, the orders came in. Rosalie drew pictures with a wide, friendly grin. She drew big elephants and piggies that snored. She drew pretty rainbows and the soft ocean shore. She drew people and families and kitties and views. She may have even drawn someone just like you. Over 1,000 families she was able to feed in this time of scary sickness, in this time of great need. And Rosalie did it despite her sweet youth. She changed people's lives. What a beautiful truth. So let this remind you if you're old and you're tall, or you're loud or you're quiet, or you're young and quite small, you got what it takes to change this great world and make it even better no matter what's unfurled. 
Rosalie was three years old when the coronavirus began having a worldwide impact. She lives in Lahaina, Maui with her family. The unemployment rate in Lahaina, Maui was the highest in the state of Hawaii and one of the highest in the country for the duration of the pandemic. In partnership with Lahaina Baptist Church, Rosalie became involved with Lahaina Food Distribution, which spent months feeding over 600 families each week beginning in March of 2020. Rosalie raised enough money to feed over 1,000 families with her philanthropy drawings for donations. A portion of the profits from her story, You've Got What It Takes, will go towards the continued causes until the need is met. And there's my little precious Rosalie. She raised over $6,000 for the food drive with her precious little drawings. That was such a God thing. I mean, you, no one could not convince me that God was not part of that and part of us being there to help with all of that. And I just love it when I can look back at things and say, God was there. So in the last part of my story, so mom went home. She's actually, it's like I said, we're celebrating the one year anniversary of my father passing away here soon. And mom went home. Um, she's still recovering from COVID. She has drop foot. She has poor circulation in her legs. Um, actually, I spent last weekend with her. She's got pneumonia. Um, so life is still hard. Life is still a lot of pieces of puzzles dropping on us. And But I am so grateful that we had that time to spend with our grandchildren. And kind of a funny story, right? <laughs> so in closing, I'll share one funny story story there it's uh, a lot of entertainment to go involved with a 18 month old and a three-year-old being locked up at home you know not being able to take them to the beach or to places or things to see because we're in quarantine and um, so we you know we did puppet shows and we played house and we played imagination games and we built camping tents, you know, blanket tents, and we did so many things. But I think the, my husband will kill me for sharing the story, but <laughs> one of the funny things is that our precious little 18-month-old granddaughter sitting at breakfast, and her mom's there, you know, helping her, giving her food and such, and little, little Karis looked up at her mama and said, pull my finger. And then uh, second later she goes, I farted. <laughs> and so there comes a point where you realize that, hey, grandparents have been here too long. Because <laughs> grandpa, or as ours is called, papa, is starting to teach them things that you don't want them to do in public. <laughs> so just because I wanted you to end with a laugh because life's hard and life's gonna be hard and I just want you to know that, um, hey, we're in this together. We're building giants. And no matter what the challenges are, we can pull this puzzle together. Thank you for listening. This has been The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant.